Hello and welcome to Scry 7. I'm realizing that Gandalf the White will be blue. Alex, shout out to Pleasant Kenobi. And I'm the mulligan you wish you kept chase. We're going to start with something I actually know nothing about is competitive magic. I didn't even know this was happening until Alex uh, told me. I, I don't know what it is. Um, tell me about it. I, I am so confused with the structure, what it is, what is at st- I don't even know. Nothing, nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let me tell you a little bit about the Magic Pro League and Rivals, which is back in action this league weekend, the 27th and 28th of February. It starts at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and Chase, that means 11 Eastern Time in the morning for you on the East Coast. And what's going on is these two groups of folks are competing for league points and therefore prizes, a share of the $400,000 prize pool that is on offer, but split between the Magic Pro League and and the Rivals circuit. Good work in Rivals will move you up to the Magic Pro League, and bad showing in MPL will move you down into Rivals. Essentially, it's just uh, professional magic. I believe they are playing Sealed this weekend, and we'll see that in some feature matches going on throughout the day on both days. Got a quick question. I know this information has been out for a long time, and I've kind of sculpted my Twitter feed, so I don't really see this stuff anymore. What is the difference between MPL and Rivals? Are they the same? Are they on equal levels? I know they're both competitive, but I, I just... One sounds cooler than the other. And it's Rivals. Uh, yeah. Rivals sounds the coolest. Rivals sounds cooler. Okay. Uh, well, that's unfortunate, especially if you're in uh, Wizards Marketing, because uh, the Magic Pro League is actually at the top level, whereas Rivals is the folks trying to break into the Magic Pro League. If you're familiar at all with uh, soccer relegation or the multiple leagues that they have, it's sort of like that. There's sort of the B squad of folks, which is Rivals, and then there's the top level, which is the Magic Pro League. And so, uh, as I understand it, the prize structure is fairly different between the two of them. Um, as I look into it here, they have a few different ways to rank up or rank down based on points that they have in their, you know, uh, individual heats. And throughout the season, they'll be having several splits where they can qualify for prize money. And so, this split is part of the Kaldheim split. I'm still vastly confused, but I think it's neat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing I, I, makes sorry sense if it's to me anymore. <laughs> bit confusing. Some 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 other time when we've got more time, we'll uh, jump into some of the details between what the MPL is and what Rivals is. Oh, you're good. Uh, I still but... don't even understand like Star City events. I yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where's the commander? Can I please sit down and play a game? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I, actually, it looks like I was wrong. Uh, this uh, this round of the Magic Pro League and Rivals is actually going to be standard constructed, so we get to watch new standard decks fight toe-to-toe, and those will all be using the Arena Client, and once again, you can see those on the 27th and 28th of February on Magic on Twitch. And so, uh, yeah, now that we're out of uh, competitive stuff, uh, the other big piece of news this week, I can't believe we've held off on talking about it for this long, of course, is that Time Spiral Remastered, spoilers are up. We're starting to get one color each day, and as of today, we've gotten all the way through blue, and we've seen some really cool stuff coming out. Uh, We've got old borders of new cards. Uh, I think SRAM, Senior Artificer, was one of the ones I saw. And just a whole slew of reprints, excuse me, uh, from the Time Spiral block. How excited are you about this, Chase? Um, I think it's interesting. It's not something I'm I'm gravitating for or, or like, refreshing my my Twitter feed for. I think it's a neat concept, but it's it's not something that I would... uh, 
I would consider going out to purchase. Now, don't get me wrong. I like old bordered cards a lot. I actually probably one of my favorite old borders is the blue old border. I love how it looks. Um, so there are some pieces that I'll buy singles of maybe for it. Like maybe I might buy the lab man just because I like having that and having that shooting star foil I think would be stunning. I hope they're doing the shooting star treatment. My understanding is is that they are. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, based on what I've read online, that does seem to be what's going on. And obviously, that's the last place that you can find the Shooting Star now that the Wizards has changed their logo. Mm -hmm. I, I really like the Shooting Star foils. It's actually what I'm foiling out for my um, my Locus God deck. Those are all my lands or the Shooting Star foils because I just think they're pretty and I like the look of them. Um, oh, yeah, it's definitely going to be Shooting Star foil because of that Lotus Bloom foil has the Shooting Star. Um so that'll be nice to see. You know, I can probably get some pieces for Locust God with the shooting star foil. But past that, I'm not, I'm not too like jonesed about it. But I know that some other people are really excited about it. And I think getting like, uh, new skins on old cards and, oh, old skins on new cards is going to be pretty cool. So I think it's, I think it's kind of neat. I think it's swell. Overall, I'd really like to see them continue this. I think it's a neat idea to do a draft set of an old block and sort of turn it into a, like a nostalgia trip for folks. I'm really excited, especially about the way they've structured the uh, spoiler season for this particular product, since we know 99% of everything that's going to be in this set, aside from the things that they're you know bringing back in that uh, time-shifted slot with the old borders. Um, it's really not, there's not a lot of hype to be built up around it. And so I think they've approached it the right way. Uh, I think spoilers should be finished here by middle of next week. So we should be able to see the whole set and see if there's anything noteworthy for next week's show. Uh, but if you care, uh, Time Spiral Remastered will be releasing on March 19th. And you can check with your friendly local game shop to get a pre-order for that. Now, let's see. Was there any other major magic news? Honestly, it was a really slow week. Actually, we're going to talk about something that I uh, know is... Uh, caused quite a quite a stir on Twitter, which, you know, a lot of stuff tends to cause quite a stir on Twitter when it comes to our favorite cardboard game, um, which is, um, I believe it's called Magic Universes Beyond, uh, which I know that what is, I'm excited for. What is this? So um, it's basically where, um, I remember they announced it, I think yesterday, we're filming this on the, we're filming this as if we're in front of cameras, recording this on the <laughs> 26th, um, where we're going to see more, um, you know, uh, IPs outside of Magic appear in Magic, um, which I'm really excited about. Uh, you got- Oh, so like the, uh, the Walking Dead stuff, obviously? Yes, I, the, the, the controversial Walking Dead set, which I love, by the way. <laughs> I know yeah. not many people loved it. I did. And so when I saw that they were going to be um, tiptoeing into other IPs, I was actually really excited. See, I, I actually am fairly excited about this. Uh, I'm actually a Warhammer 40k fan, as well as being a Lord of the Rings fan. So seeing what they're going to do with this is going to be interesting to me. I do a little bit sympathize with some of the folks that are having sort of uh, harsh reactions to this. I really didn't personally think The Walking Dead was a great fit for Magic, uh, both thematically and in specifically in some of the pieces that they chose as their initial run there. I think they could have hit better, but I, I really like the idea of non-standard additional material that gets more people into magic. And I, I think it's sort of like this Time Spiral Remastered set in a lot of ways. Because Time Spiral Remastered, I think, is something that only folks who have been in the game for a long, long time are really going to appreciate. Because I don't know about you, uh, but I actually detest old borders. 
I especially detest pre-modern borders. I like and certain so, borders. I like the old treatment. Well, and, and that's just it. I think there's a lot of subjective things that are already in the game that various people just don't like but sort of accept. And I think this is one more thing that we're going to have to add to that list. And so I've seen a lot of people... I, I don't know what the right way to say it is, but I think the fairest way to say it is is needle some members of both the CAG and the Rules Committee about banning these things. Even though they're black-bordered cards, even though in some cases they're designed specifically for Commander, they're talking about wanting them, you know, ipso facto, out of my game. Well, And I don't think I agree with it. I have to say, like, after reading the article that they announced, they're definitely going to be exploring other IPs. Um, and they only named dropped three. One, of the se- one was The Walking Dead, which we already know when they kind of grandfathered and we already know about that. The other two was Warhammer 40k and Lord of the Rings. And those are more, I would say, magic adjacent than The Walking Dead. So I feel like... I, I think so, too. They just fit... Uh, I, I mean... Maybe not as much for Warhammer 40k with the guns and the spaceships and the aliens and Listen, whatnot. we got cars. We got cars and we had a standard set where dinosaurs drove cars. Anything's possible now. You know what? I really can't argue with that. So that's, <laughs> that's a fair point. Uh, but I, I will say that it seems like Magic has, for the most part, avoided uh, you know firearms and like what I would consider modern warfare. No, 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 no. No, 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 sir. Literally, last episode, we talked about how the dwarf girl had a book that was a gun. No. Okay, but it was a magical gun. <laughs> it, it, was wasn't, gun. it wasn't shooting bullet bullets. It, was shooting, it, wasn't it shooting. was shooting knowledge that pierced skin and was bullets. Okay, she was you're, shooting you're abso- a book gun. <laughs> okay. I'll, 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 I'll cave on that. But Strixhaven isn't out yet. I maintain that we haven't seen an actual firearm <laughs> in magic yet. And so, from from my perspective, I've, I've heard a few different objections, and one of the objections that I can sort of identify with is the idea that this is going to break the lore or the immersion of being able to sit down and play a game. I actually, of all the objections, I think this one is the most salient to me, because I understand that there are some people, uh, you know, even some people that I greatly respect that play this game as a storytelling or as a, uh, you know, more involved fictional piece for themselves. And so losing the ability to sit down and have a purely magic game might be something that affects them. And I can understand wanting to have a discussion about that sort of thing beforehand. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on that? I do have to say, like, I, I can I can understand that. But at the same time, I'm a person who has a phage altered to look like Darth Nihilus from Star Wars. And I honestly could see them being used interchangeably. Um, I really honestly think that when it comes to Lauren Immersion... There are bits and pieces of it that I do feel like I want represented in certain decks. Like, for instance, I'm a huge Lorwyn fan. When I built my first fairies deck, I really wanted it to be Lorwyn fairies and have the bug-like aesthetic. And that was something that was important to me, to have all the lands look like they came from Lorwyn. But at the end of the day, like, I see so many people, even before, even before Wizards had even toyed with this idea, people posting on DeviantArt and Twitter, you know, them making up their own cards for characters in other IPs. I mean, if you go on DeviantArt, I'm pretty sure you can find some um, interesting ones on there or on those little, you know, make your own magic card generators. There's some definitely some interesting ones on there, too. I mean, we even had guaranteed they were silver bordered, but My Little Pony cards and people play those in Commander. Yeah, absolutely. And... Embarrassing story, but true story. Uh, When I was unemployed and uh, bored about uh, six years ago now, I actually sat down with a magic card maker, a program uh, that you can find online, 
and designed a full draft cube set in space with spaceships and guns and the whole nine yards. So for, for, for me, I don't think that it's really that big a deal so long as it's treated appropriately. And I, I think that's maybe the next point that we come to is what are some things lore-wise that you think don't fit with Magic the Gathering? Because I, I, one of the things they said in the press release is they want to try and have things that are, you know, Magic adjacent or brands that might work with Magic. But, you know, I could also see not really liking something like maybe... You know, the NFL plays magic. Oh, here we go. You know, I was thing. born for this. Alrighty. Things that don't fit with magic. Um, Scooby-Doo, Cars the movie. Um, I'd also say any horror movies. You know, you don't want blood and guts in there. I would like to see a Cars thing. Definitely not really vibing with the Cars thing, though. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to have Lightning McQueen as their commander. Um, okay, well, maybe Are I you sure would. about that? He might be, he, maybe he's a fantastic vehicles commander, you know? <laughs> his, his flavor text would be ka-chow. <laughs> oh, God. Now, now it can't happen. Uh, that being said, though, uh, about, but to the horror point, think about things like Eldritch Moon or uh, uh, Rise of the Eldrazi. The, those are pretty directly horror trope uh, sets. And Innistrad in, in general is is the horror movie plane. And some of those pieces of art that we even see from those planes are fairly on the side of, you know, like body horror or Eldritch Beastie. Now, I, I don't disagree about mm-hmm. the, you know, blood and guts mm-hmm. thing. I would... But we... Go ahead, go ahead. But but, but we also have, uh, you know, cards that depict, you know, fairly gruesome murders. Like, I think it's a, the uh, Abrupt Decay uh, promo, where you can see the goblin's bones falling out of his own body. I mean, that that's pretty well, hardcore. Yeah, but that hasn't been printed, print, printed, oh my gosh, printed recently. And we don't really see that art widely distributed amongst people who play Magic, at least I haven't. Um, I mean, yes, Magic used to have extremely gruesome art, but we don't really see that now. Um, for me, when it comes to the content, I, so far when they, when they listed Warhammer and they listed Lord of the Rings, I went, you know what? I could really see that, you know, if you literally just took away the names and they were like, this is Earl of the Jewelry, like the new Wizards of the Coast set, Earl of the Jewelry, where we travel to a plane um, you know, <laughs> that's my off-brand version. That's my Kirkland brand version of Lord of the Rings. Um, oh my yeah. god! Okay, sure. Well, and I think I, I think I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I can see it. Because Strixhaven is is for all intents and purposes just Harry Potter, Potter without yeah. all the without all the trans hate. Yeah, and so, or at least I hope it's without all the trans hate. Wizards don't let me down on that. Um, and so. I, I don't know. I, I can't think of many things that I could see them exploring that I would really have a problem with. I mean, obviously, there'd be like if they did something like Silence of the Lambs set, but I, I don't see that <laughs> happening. My, my bigger worry, actually, mm-hmm. is that it, it gets into mass market things like uh, the new Disney movies coming out. Mm-hmm. And just like you might see a Happy Meal, uh, you know, at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, we've got, uh, you know, Frozen 3, the magic set. That I don't know if I'd like as much, but as long as it's, you know, something that isn't an obvious tie-in for a short-term thing, Mm -hmm. I think I would like it a little bit more um, as a full product that was intentionally developed with foresight, if that makes sense. I do have to say, I think Wizards has been exceptional lately at really listening to the feedback of... um, consumers especially like longtime magic fans i think they really have taken a step back and have really listened and i really appreciate that from the folks of uh wizards because for a while i always thought they were um 
long unreachable, you know, and we can only hope and pray that they would listen. And it seems like that they've been caring more and more lately, which to me, I think is wonderful. Um, so I definitely think that they, this is such a big new thing. The secret lair, the way they did it, I can see what people would be mad. The way they're doing it this time is a little bit different. I know that we're going to talk about that in a second, but, um, oh, absolutely. I think that yeah. because they're doing it in the way that they're going to be doing it, which if you guys don't know, they said that they're going to be dropping the Warhammer 40k and the Lord of the Rings as um, as commander decks. Oh, did they confirm the Lord of the Rings was a commander deck? Because I'd only been able to see that the War- Warhammer 40k was confirmed. Yeah, I'll read it right here. Um, on the uh, beautiful article on the mothership right here, um, let me stall for time to find it specifically. They say, on that note, Universes Beyond products will generally be sold in all magic channels. These will not be strictly secret lair products. The Warhammer 40k commander decks, for example, will be available everywhere we, se- we currently sell commander decks as will Lord of the Rings, as will the Lord of the Rings product. Okay, so they said the Lord of the Rings product. So it may not be a commander deck, but Warhammer 40k is definitely going to be a commander deck. Um, okay, that's awesome. So we know that for a fact. So I do have to say this. As a longtime commander player, as someone who loves this game dearly, who um, has dedicated a good portion of, like, I would say, like, my, my time to it, I think that commander is the format for this. I think that Commander is the format it was made for this because it is such a social, social format. And these they said they weren't going to be standard legal, so you don't have to worry about running these in events that we know of. They, I don't think in the article they said it was legal anywhere else, but they did say it was not legal in standard. Um, so what we've typically seen with that sort of announcement is it generally means that it'll match Commander's legality, which is, you know, legacy and vintage, right? And so that's my expectation is that we'll see uh, these cards be legacy and vintage legal. However, I can't remember the last time I even saw a non-proxy vintage or legacy tournament in the real world, let alone since pandemic started. And so I think that's mostly a Magic Online problem, which maybe they solve just for Magic Online. Um that, that said, though, I, I could absolutely understand why people would be nervous of non-commander-based products, like especially this, if, if the rumor is correct that I heard, which is that the Lotor product, or sorry, Lord of the Rings product, is in fact a full draftable set. I could see the concern and worry about how in the future we might have a standard, which is, you know, uh, Star Wars versus Pokemon versus, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever. And I, I can sort of understand that, given how inconsistent Wizards has been at times mm-hmm. with its promises. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they'll be so bold as to dilute their own brand with that. Exactly. I think standard, we can sort of expect to stay on brand. And that's what I thats what I definitely think. I don't think that Wizards would want to... to m- mesh themselves too much with another brand so much that they lose their own identity um which is why i think again commander is a good place to do it and let's also talk about the fact like i think this is also a great way for them to do it too because commander decks have have changed in the in the past year you know commander decks used to be really expensive really big things now they um they're a little bit different i like the price of them and i actually feel like the decks seem to flow a little bit better um you know we can cite the other ones that we've seen the 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 ones from called time we got the elves which was by the way a really good way to get people into tribal um which is fantastic you also have the the serpent tokens one and even before then you had what is it ac the the serpent landfall i mean 
the way the commander decks have been lately, I can really actually see this working in a way where they go limited time only. Really cool. If you like Lord of the Rings, try this really cool starter deck. It's a starter deck. It's not like packs. And if you hand somebody a Lord of the Ring pack, they're going to go, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? But if you hand them a starter deck that has A, the instructions, B, you know, has a really cool commander and shows you all the little layout. Commander's probably one of the best ways to teach somebody to play magic. I think this is perfect for this because yeah, in the I, secret I, layer, I, I can see I, I can see what you're talking yeah. about there and because they're going to be distributing this widely through their normal distribution channels I don't think we have the same concerns as we do with secret layers you know sort of a USA and maybe if you're lucky Canada product right because I, one of the things that I remember hearing about the uh, the walking dead layer and one of the arguments against it was that you know if I live in you know someplace like Brazil or you know somewhere yeah, that's not a quote unquote primary distribution market it's very difficult to get a hold of those cards even for the inflated prices that a secret layer charges and so to ask for a brand new product line to not be available like that I think would be a bridge too far maybe so I'm really hoping that Wizards focuses on distributing these cards the same way they have actually this is part of the announcement that I haven't seen a lot of people talking about that worries me a little bit more is that on the availability side, Wizards is talking about not only being spun off into its own division within Hasbro, which either is going to result in more or less independence, time will tell, but moreover, they're looking at getting into more direct distribution themselves rather than selling to distributors to sell to local game stores. And that actually really worries me. I think the lifeblood of this game is the local game shop. And if we're going to be seeing Wizards basically selling packs or heaven forbid singles on a reprint basis directly to consumers more than they already are with secret lairs, that could really impact a lot of businesses. Yeah. And and so that that's one of the worries I actually do have about what was in this announcement. Not so much the content of, you know, Magic Universes Beyond, but rather the rest of it. And so don't get me wrong, time will tell on that. I really don't think that Magic is in a place where once the world opens back up and we're able to have things in public again, is going to have any problem attracting people back to the local game store. I think Magic as a game is actually probably one of the best places it's ever been. I'm just a little bit worried that if they keep pushing the, hey, buy your packs from Wizards, buy your singles from Wizards, buy everything directly from Wizards, that that might be a future that we see in the future. I just don't like it because it's so impersonal. I love knowing the people at my LGS. I love going in. I love sitting down. I love having that interaction. To me, that's big. I don't even trust buying packs of cards on Amazon. I don't trust it. I always feel like there's going to be something wrong with it. Or something's going to be weird about it. Or it's going to be fake. I don't trust that. And like, I've, I've purchased a couple secret layers in my time. But even then, like, I don't like the process of it. It just feels so impersonal. And for me, that's an important thing. I definitely think I know what you mean there. It's always nice to be able to look at what you're buying before you buy it. And one of the reasons I don't tend to use, uh, you know, uh, online markets very often, unless that's the only place I can find stuff, is I just like supporting the place where I go to play. Uh, you know, as a judge, as someone who is trying to be out there, you know, most weekends playing Magic, it's not easy for me to justify going to someplace like Card Kingdom or Star City, despite their, you know, really good customer service and their ability to fulfill orders. I tend to look at them as my place of last resort rather than the place I'm looking immediately, uh, simply because I want to have a place to play. And so I, I think that sort of dovetails into our sort of final point about this is that a lot of the discourse that I've been seeing seems to be about trying to exclude people who'd like to play with these cards. 
And I don't know if that's been your experience, but that's been one I've seen. Yeah, so um, I I purchased the Walking Dead Secret Lair. And the reason why I'm going to, like, track my little experience with this is when they made that first announcement, all they spoiled with to us was that walker token of the bicycle girl. And I was like, oh my gosh, that looks sick. I am going to rewatch The Walking Dead. So I started rewatching The Walking Dead. And then they said, hey... We are announcing these cards. And I was like, oh my God. I remember, I remember this very distinctly. I had a migraine that day. And when I get migraines, I literally spend the day comatose, like asleep in my bed. And I was in my bed. I slept for like three hours. I opened up my phone and I saw pictures of the cards and I thought, wow, that's really cool. But then I refreshed my timeline and I just remember seeing a bunch of people like, angry and mad and I was like in haze so I was confused about it so I texted my friend Megan and I said hey what's um what's going on with uh the walking dead secret lair and she's like you don't want to know about it and I even tweeted about it I said hey what's going on with the walking dead secret lair and literally everybody responded to that tweet you don't want to know just go back to bed just go back to bed just you don't want to know and I'm like uh so I went back to bed (laughs) and then the next day I opened up my phone and people were so mad and I was like oh I really thought they were cool (laughs) and and yeah, that that's the whole thing. You felt like you were bad for liking something. Yeah, I remember a bunch of people saying I'm going to quit magic if if this happens. I can't I can't do this. And then of course, we know we saw some other backlash on Twitter too about people really really lashing out at the at the rules committee, the commander rules committee. Mm-hmm. Um unjustifiably so, by the way, because according to the rules laid out by the rules committee, they did not stop you from having a game or having fun game wise the cards were not overpowered they do not affect gameplay in such a way that you can't play the game which is the whole point of the rules committee is to be like hey this card was really making it so people are having a downtime we're gonna cut them they didn't do that and i hated how they were treated for that that backlash i even had to like make this long post in my discord server saying i won't tolerate if you do this don't no don't do it here and absolutely even then when i purchased the secret lair I put a disclaimer on my tweet with the pictures of the cards I bought because I was excited to share them. And I put a disclaimer that says, please don't be mean to me. I just really liked it. And I thought that that was so sad that I had to be like, please don't hate me. I just really like it. Well, and I think it it shows a sense of entitlement that not only do you have to like what the person who's attacking you likes, you have to hate the same thing too, otherwise you're harming them in some way. And that that's the line that I think a lot of people are crossing with this that I disagree with. It's perfectly fine to disagree with wizards. It's perfectly fine to say, hey, I do not like the direction you're going with this product. I don't like the direction you're going with this like crossover. That's valuable feedback that tells them that a certain segment of their player base doesn't like this and they need a different product. What's not okay is looking at people who want to play games with you and telling them they're playing the game wrong in with no backup, with no backing behind it. If you can't give me a salient argument why I shouldn't be playing this card that isn't just I personally don't like it, I don't really care what the context is. 
unless you have a genuine reason. If it makes the game unfun for you to the level where you're going to get up and pack up, yeah, I'll, I'll consider playing a different deck. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying that ipso facto about everything that could ever exist that they ever put out as a crossover card, I think you're being prejudgmental. And moreover, I think you're saying to the communities that are coming in the future the players that are going to be coming into the game because of pieces like this, that you don't value them and you don't want them. And that, I think, is the bridge too far. And so for me, I I have my, my Negan deck from The Walking Dead, and I've actually been nervous to play it um, on on stream or even just not even not not bleh. like off stream that's fine but i get nervous to play it on stream you know because i still i still sometimes get remarks about people being like hey i really liked you until i noticed that you have this and i'm not really into it anymore and i'm like wow that makes me sad <laughs> so i've been thinking about taking it apart um also it's mardu and mardu's kind of hard to play let's be honest um mardu is a hard hard color combo to navigate <laughs> <laughs> well, just because you don't have any card advantage or the ability to, you know, ramp out? Is, is that it? I don't know. I think Mardu is like, let's take the three most difficult colors to play and just mash them together. And like, for me, I, I have had such bad luck with Mardu. I had a Queen Marchessa deck a while ago. I could make it work. And then I was like, oh, maybe it'll be different the second time around when I build Negan. And like, it's hard. <laughs> Mardu is and now hard. we're adding all the social pressure on top of it, yeah, too. Yeah, I'm like, ah, I'm just trying to play. And it doesn't help that also Negan makes everybody sacrifice stuff. And it's just, it's a really hard deck to play. Um, but going forward, I definitely think that um, with the discourse about, you know, these uh, these IPs that are not related to magic, I think that they've only made an announcement we have no idea about these abilities, how some of these things are going to be printed. We only know that one of these items is going to definitely be printed as a commander deck. And so I think as as individuals in this community, we really need to give things a chance. Because, you know, we could honestly mirror this to when... Um, you know, spoiler season when new cards get printed and we look at the card and we look at like, like Jeweled Lotus and we're like, Jeweled Lotus is going to break commander. It's going to break commander. It's going to ruin commander. Jeweled Lotus got to ban it now because it's going to break commander. And then what do we see? It has barely made an impact on commander. Like at all. I would say even in CEDH, it's just like, a, oh, neat. I got a really powerful opener. Yeah, exactly. We thought it was going to be this big, bad, ominous thing. And then it turned out to be nothing. And I really honestly think that that's what's going to happen with these um, you know, non-magic IPs. We really have to mm-hmm. wait and see. Um, and I would be more than happy to record an episode, post a video, a tweet, whatever have you, about if I purchase one, my experience playing it. Because I I would purchase one. Guaranteed I'm not a Warhammer person. So the concept, I'm not, I'm not like a diehard Warhammer person. So I really wouldn't. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool, but it, I'm not like... I, I was about to say die hard again, but uh, <laughs> just yeah. repeat myself no, eight for, times. <laughs> for, for, for me, I, I'm probably going to purchase the Warhammer 40k stuff because that's a hobby of mine. I actually paint the models fairly regularly. I play a few of the games. But I think uh, our good friend uh, David Kosen uh, actually wrote in one of his most recent Cool Stuff Inc. articles this sentiment of Almost universally, there is a place for anything at almost any given commander table, so long as it's talked about respectfully. Exactly, which is why I think it's so perfect that they are choosing to have this initial step into other IP products as a commander deck. 
it just makes so much sense from a marketing standpoint and from a play design standpoint. Everyone's happy. We have our own rules committee that regulates everything and will listen to us. They list, they ask us questions on Twitter all the time. And I think that's what makes this a good scenario. And I think all of us are just really freaked out and worried um, that it's going to, you know, that the sky is falling down. But I really don't think that's the case. I, I don't think so either. And just to put a bow on this, folks, if this is something that you're genuinely worried about, if this is something that you think is going to kill magic, I want you to come back to this discussion, you know, in 12 months and really ask yourself, hey, did this kill magic or did this help me get one of my friends into magic? Mm -hmm. And if I'm on the wrong on that one, you know, me a culpa, but I think you'll find that you're going to have people in your life who know you're magic players who are not magic players themselves asking after the game as a direct result of these tie-ins. And I think that's just a positive. I do have to say, though, um, ALK posted this on Twitter, I think today or the other day, um, that he posted Nick Cage from um, National Treasure as, like, a magic card. And I'm not going to lie. I looked at it and I went, I'd, I'd buy that. That looks sick. <laughs> you know what? I think he looks cool. <laughs> I really just want to steal the Declaration of Independence in a Commander game now. Oh my Wizards, gosh! Um, please make it happen. No, but oh my gosh, no! Steal. Uh, he he tap. I'm making this up as I go now. This is no longer an ALK thing. Um, he ta <laughs> taps. He taps for like uh, ten mana. Tap tap ten mana. Tap him. Steal target deck. Laration of Independence. <laughs> oh my god okay well that that was your taste of our custom magic for the week folks i, I think that's gonna do it for us any last thoughts chase uh no i'm excited this is gonna be cool um please be nice to people who are interested in this and you know just like let people enjoy things that, that's that's uh, that's my that's my like two sentences to encompass everything we talked about Absolutely. Well, thanks again for listening to us, folks. We'll catch you again next week. Follow us on Twitter at Scry7, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Some production provided by Spike Feeders Radio. If you have questions, concerns, conniptions, comments, or just want to have something featured on this show, be sure to send it to scry7 at gmail.com. Or just add us on Twitter at scry7.